Hey guys, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Naturalist Capitalist. Uh, I knew I I know I threw this one together kind of quickly, but it's actually been uh, in the works for a couple of weeks, but I'm so busy driving all the time. I don't have any time to do anything, but uh, we're going to make it happen anyway. Uh, if you're new to the show, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you can also watch it on Odyssey within a day if you would prefer to watch me on alternative platforms. And if you want to listen to it, it'll be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and a few other places. And you can find me at those places in the links in the description. So check that out. Anyway, tonight I've got the fellas from the Biting the Bullet podcast on the show tonight. We've got Luke and Typo. How are you guys doing tonight? Doing good, man. How about yourself? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Um... So I haven't had you guys on the show before. You've had me on yours, and we all did tour gang together a few months back. But I like your style. You guys are funny, and you also have something to say, which is, you know... I, I remember when I first thought about starting a podcast, I was like, I, I just don't know enough. You know, like, I'm not well-informed enough to do anything, and I think I'd have interesting enough to take it. Then I watched a few podcasts, and I was like... Mm, all right, maybe I do, <laughs> like the vast majority of people. But I, I like your podcast. Uh, so how did you guys get it going? Um, did you, Were you friends before and then you started the podcast? Or how did it go? Either one of you can answer. Yeah, so we were the exact opposite of you. We knew we didn't know shit. <laughs> and we were like, let's talk about nothing and see how many people laugh at it. Um, we were we were in the Marine Corps together, Typo and I. Uh, we were in Okinawa, Japan. Uh, that's where we first met at 9th Engineer Sport Battalion. It's out there up in uh, Camp Hanson, which is a northern base on Okinawa. And I think I was like a little Lance Corporal when I met Typo, and he was a Lance Corporal. We were just two brand new, basically, boots in the Marine Corps. And uh, we became friends because there's nothing better to do in Okinawa, Japan. It's a boring-ass place. And uh, there's a lot of drinking and a lot of bullshitting and you just kind of shit on each other and have a good time and roll with the punches and get through the Marine Corps together. So uh, originally it was me, Typo and our buddy Jared. Uh, we decided when we all got out of the Marine Corps, we moved in together uh, in Phoenix, Arizona, which is where I'm from. I convinced everybody to come here and then. We joked about shit in our backyard for a long ass time and we thought it was funny. And when we'd go out and get drunk and talk shit to each other and talk about, you know, what's going on with whatever it is, politics, uh, social media, anything out of the fucking blue, uh, reach into a hat, pick something. We would just bullshit and people thought it was funny. So we were like, dude, we should just like record this. And Jared kind of pushed us into it. And ever since then, we've fucking done it and it's been a really good time i think we've done it for a little over three years now or coming up on three years and it's it's just typo and i now jared's off doing his own thing in kentucky but it's really fucking fun and we get to talk to a whole bunch of crazy people that like to listen to us blabber about bullshit so you guys both still live in phoenix or oh i actually live in illinois now um, oh, okay yeah, I moved. Unfortunately, it's Illinois, but that's where my family's at. <laughs> yeah, I was just down in Phoenix. That's where I was just trucking from. And um, I have family that lives in Tucson, so there's just like this natural prejudice toward Phoenix because, uh, at least yeah. from the way they described it, Phoenix basically runs the whole state, even though they're very yeah. politically different from lots of surrounding areas. But it's kind of like San Francisco in California or Manhattan in New York. And it's funny because usually those, you know, the, the examples we think of are the Democrats running the whole state and the conservatives and the fringe areas are pissed off. But Arizona was like the opposite. <laughs> like it's really conservative yeah. in Phoenix. And then they just basically dictate everything Tucson does and they hate them for it. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah, it's it's a super weird place because for the most part, it's been I mean, my whole life, it's been very conservative. I mean, we this is the home of John McCain, like. You know, it's the neocon of neocons. So, mm -hmm. um, and he, and everybody loved him. Everybody loved him. It didn't matter if they were Democrat or Republican, because I mean, the Democrats down here at the time were, 
you know, central Republicans. Like that's what they were. Well, he's a maverick, you know. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's an American pioneer. Yeah. Um, but you know, he's just uh so it was just kind of everybody loved him. For a long time, everybody loved Arpaio until his like last fucking six years, seven years uh being sheriff. And well, I'd say the white community in Arizona liked Arpaio because they <laughs> thought he was actually doing uh, good things with tent city and things like that. But when you have people out in, you know, 120 degree weather for a DUI that didn't hurt anybody or a marijuana charge that literally didn't hurt anybody, um, people started getting upset. And I think you saw a lot of shifts because of McCain and Arpaio uh, to now where Phoenix, I mean, shit, I wouldn't say Phoenix is the conservative hub everybody thought it was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my, my biggest gripe with Phoenix is how hot it gets. Like, it's just gay. It gets to, like, 120. It's like, okay, like, you know, the teens is already ridiculous enough. Like, 120 is just fucking bullshit. Like, cut that shit out. You know, like, I, I don't know. It's just offensive to me that they would even think about raising the temperature that high. But <laughs> I I actually didn't mind it. But, like... We were in, we were in like Okinawa, Japan. So mm -hmm. like there it was like almost, it was hot, but it was like the opposite of Phoenix where it's not dry heat. It's just yeah. constant humidity, like a hundred percent. Every day you yeah. walk out, it's like a hundred percent. So then we yeah. went to Phoenix or Arizona or the desert, whatever. It, it was still hot, but I wasn't like sweating through my clothes. So right. I was like, this is so much better than what it was yeah. like in fucking on the Island, dude. <laughs> I feel you. Yeah. Typo, typo is doing the typical Phoenix trope. It's a dry yeah. heat. Man. It's yeah. a dry heat. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It's not as bad. But no, it's still, I grew up here. It's horrible in the summer. I get yeah. it. Uh, typo got climatized to it because we were in 29 Palms after Okinawa. That's where we were stationed at afterwards. He was with uh, Tanks Battalion and I was with an artillery battalion. So it's mm -hmm. very similar. It's a high desert and hot as shit in the summer and then it drops 40 degrees into the winter so it feels cold but it's like 45 where other places you know it stays negative two all day yeah yeah um i mean the dry heat you know it kind of got john mccain ready for eternity in hell you know like 120 <laughs> degrees dry heat because I, I i think in hell it's probably pretty dry too but uh you know so at least he had that he had that going for him um so I want to know what you guys think about the military going woke. Um, like, I'll be honest, I'm kind of a fan because I mean, so many people are pissed off about it, but I'm like, this is doing more to delegitimize the military than any Scott Horton speech ever would. Like, it doesn't matter like how fiery or convincing a message you can have, like Ron Paul's presidential run. None of those things could do nearly as much as, you know, having a gay general or a, a trans, <laughs> you know, corporal or whatever. Like that just like kills the motivation. Like all these conservative kids are like, yeah, I'm going to grow up and be in the military. And then yeah. they like see videos of this I, like trans queer Latin X drill sergeant, <laughs> like yelling at a bunch of men like left, left. Left, right, left. <laughs> it's like nah, I can't do it anymore. So, what, what do you guys think? Do you like it, or what do you? What are you so, I would. I know you go ahead. Go, well, I was just gonna say, I think you're exactly right. I think it's the best thing in the world to delegitimize the military. But like coming from the military, it's just like, God damn it, I hate it. I hate it. You know, because <laughs> yeah. you oh, yeah. like we always we always talk about like how you know you were proud like. Even even now, like I was proud that I became a Marine at the time mm -hmm. when I did. Like I was like it was it was an accomplishment. Like it was something that it was like, all right, I'm going to do something good and be a part of something bigger than myself. That was the whole goal, right? Um, and kill people. But it was it, like <laughs> that was the <laughs> that was the whole fucking goal. And then you look at it and you just watch it get like softer and softer and softer. And it used to be like all the old heads would always tell you, oh, it's a new Marine Corps. It's a new Marine Corps. And you're like, dude, shut up. You guys were fucking pussies too. Like, don't act like you're all big and bad. But we were just talking to a guy the other day that got kicked out of the military for uh, for refusing the vaccine. He came on our podcast and he was like, dude, it's honestly getting that bad. It's getting that bad. And I was just like, you know, I don't even I don't even care. That's awesome. Yeah, I kind of agree with both of you where it's like, well, so on one hand, I come from some like a conservative family, so 
they are not happy about the military going woke at all. Yeah. Like at all. They, they, it's an embarrassment. A lot of my pe- people in my family served in the military. So it's like hurting a little bit of their identity, right? Like that's the military is part of their identity. That's what a lot of veterans do. They make it part of their identity. So it like hurts their identity and it does kind of hurt mine a little bit. I'm like, God damn it, dude. <laughs> I was in the Marine Corps and I can't even like brag about that anymore. But, uh, but on the other hand, like it does kind of freak me out a little bit because they are like definitely catering to one side of the political aisle. And it's like, it looks like they're stacking forces for, I don't know, uh, whatever, whatever you think might happen in the future that they're stacking their side against the conservative or right wing or whatever you want to say it is. And that kind of freaks me out a little bit. Mm -hmm. So has the Marine Corps followed suit with going totally gay? Like, I mean, the, you know, the images of drill instructors like uh, our Lee Army, is that still a thing or are they going woke to like the rest of I would, I would probably branches? say that the Marine Corps is doing its best to hold off as much as yeah. they can. The Marine Corps is always the last one to implement like all these policies that come through. The Marine Corps is always the last one. And honestly, at least from our experience, and I can't really, really speak to other branches, but the Marine Corps does have this mentality of like very masculine predominantly conservative and that's just the statistics like you can look this up that it's just predominantly right wing and so it makes sense they're trying to hold on as much as they can but eventually it's a department well we're a department of the navy so we end up being gay anyways and they just (laughs) become woke and falls follow suit i mean it was happening when me and luke were getting out and just with the conversation we had with the dude that was in like two months ago and it's gotten much much worse like just much worse yeah yeah I think I think typo had a good point. Uh, he brought it up on our show and he kind of touched on it right there where he's like, I think the scariest part of it going woke is that it's the only time Democrat like we always talked about if there was the, you know, the uh, the boogaloo or whatever, if there was some kind of revolution, you'd see large defection rates in the military. You'd see a large defection rate in the military, especially for the things that were going on. Um but now with it becoming so much more woke, you're going to see more lefties joining the military and being trained up to a certain point. And I'm not saying the training's good, but trained up to a certain point that they're comfortable with rifles. And uh, and I'm not saying that there's not lefties out there that obviously are comfortable with rifles, but it's just like the normie lefty liberals that are like, oh, this is a safe space for me. Now I can have a gun and we can take the fight to the evil conservatives or the evil right wing people. Um, and when the military tells them to jump, they'll do it because that's what the military is really good at. So is that a, I mean, is that just a trade-off or is it worse than it used to be? Because there's certainly, I mean, I've certainly talked to conservatives, some who were in my family. So when my cousin joined the army, uh, right before he did, I don't think he would say this today, but this was like 10 years ago, probably when he joined the army, I asked him, so if you're, if your uh, NCO told you to kill me, would you do it? And he said, yes. (laughs) Damn. But uh, like, there's definitely, that was definitely a thing on the right, like that brainwashing that they would do whatever they were told to do. So do you think it's just a a trade-off for the left now, or do you think it's actually worse and more concerning? I think that they have an actual hatred where conservatives were like, this is my duty. And there's Mm -hmm. a certain part where duty only goes so far like i honestly believe that like i mean even while you were in you heard thousand like almost everybody i talked to is like i don't understand why we're in iraq and afghanistan anymore and they're like yeah i'll go kill some you know middle eastern goat farmer if i have to but i don't really want to fucking be here yeah so them like if it largely swings back or not back but largely swing swings to the left they already have a natural hatred for the right, like an actual burning hatred where I think the right just tolerates the left. And it's kind of like a whatever, like they're going to do left things and we're still going to do our shit where the left is like, no, I want to exert power over the right because fuck yeah. them. And I hate and, that. And, and there's already examples of that happening. Cause even we talked to the guy and they're doing training in the military now to where they're uh, identifying extremists. And then you can't follow what they decide is extremist content on the internet and they're actually like ever since the january 6th they've really ramped up they're like i mean 
their classes and what they teach people in the military, like what they need to watch out for and what is considered dangerous content. And their focus of it is white supremacy. That's what they, that's how they uh, angle it in the military. They get to be on the lookout for all these racists on the internet talking about extremist content. And then they frame a lot of Donald Trump type supporters and they make the January 6th out to be a, an insurrection for, through the government's eyes. So that to them, they're telling, they're telling, you know, the military men like, hey, these people try to overthrow us. And that's a major problem. And, and it just that type of rhetoric is what we're hearing from guys going through now. So I think even if it, you know, I, I, I'm not saying that the military is going to like immediately turn on the American people or anything like that. I'm just saying that they're planting the seeds for what could come in the future. Yeah. Yeah. So typo uh the illinois nazis were pretty infamous you know like 40 years ago and i can't even believe i'm you know that this is an actual thing but the aclu was defending them back in the day like i mean which is what they're supposed to do they're supposed to be about civil liberties no matter how mm -hmm. abhorrent your views are or whatever but just like what it's become it's just weird thinking that they used to protect the nazis but uh, it, it, are the Illinois Nazis still prevalent at all? And if so, are they upset that Joe Biden said that the Make America Great Again movement is the most extreme movement that's ever existed in American history? Because if I were an Illinois Nazi and I heard that, I'd be like, you motherfucker, like all this shit we've done to try to be so extreme and hateful and everything. And you're giving the, the, the Israel first people the most extreme movement in American history title. Fuck you. That's how I feel. So I didn't. I don't know if they're still prevalent at all and if they took that personally when he said that. Uh, as a member of the <laughs> Illinois Nazi Party, I was thoroughly upset. <laughs> I was like, he's probably got card-carrying members in his family, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I will I will say or that. sheet-carrying sheet members, my bad, not card, sheet-carrying. Sheet <laughs> when you said that, it was really funny because I'll just say that I have a family member from a certain town that they have a like a festival every year and it's just like a picnic now you just bring your kids hang out there's a parade or whatever but the founding of it was something else <laughs> it was actually a uh rally of some sort where people dress like ghosts and stuff it was pretty weird how it started it's kind of cold <laughs> yeah uh that's fucking hilarious. I didn't know the ACLU or that Biden had said that. And it's it just goes yeah. to show how fucking far removed he is. Like, I mean, everybody jokes about him like not existing as like he's not even alive anymore. He's been dead for forever. But <laughs> I just I whoever his PR person is, they're horrible. And honestly, I think the left is starting this. Uh, they've started to see it for a while, too. Like, they're just like. We literally voted for Biden because he wasn't Trump. And I, I think that only you could only rally behind Biden and Harris for so long before they're just like, we got to get somebody else in there. But they know that if, if it comes up in the, the next presidential election that they're getting that they have to get rid of uh, Biden and Harris, there's no way they're beating the, the Republicans like there's no way. Yeah, unless they yeah. put Oprah or uh, Michelle Obama there, but I don't even think they can go with Michelle at this point. Yeah, this whole globo homo bad guy shit is just so dumb. Like at least in the past, like the you know in the Imperial Japan or the Nazis or the Soviet Union being the bad guys. At least they're like, you know, I mean they they're evil and they're they're terrible, but at least they're like kind of cool and elite. And you're like, wow, those are our opposition. And now like the bad guys are. Zelensky and Kamala Harris and you know European leaders and they're all so boring and dumb and woke and it's just like god this sucks like give us some good bad guys again I don't know if you guys ever have that feeling but yeah they're like they're like mediocre bad guys it's like the uh it's like the Batman yeah. series when the when the Joker wasn't Mark Hamill anymore it's like uh like yeah it's just not the same like you're just not you're not intriguing or it's like any of the recent uh, DC movies besides like the first Justice League. It's like, oh, these villains are garbage. Like, what are we doing here? Like, I'm yeah. so do you guys think they so were like always boring? It's just more uh, like I apparent think, now that they're, they're no, just dumb. Like, I don't know. I, 
I think I think it's I think they figured it out. Like, oh, that's that's too much. Mussolini's too much, or yeah. Harris is too much, or not Harris, mm. but Hitler's too much. And so they they're like, we gotta we gotta play the rope. And if you play the rope of we're helping and we do things secretly, and you know we do things secretly and we admit it sometimes, but then we go and rally against it at the same time as we're admitting it, uh, like. <laughs> It's just like they can get away with it for longer. And I think that's what's happened. Like, that's the only way that this happens. Yeah. Have you guys seen that movie Mega Mind? Um, yeah. The Pixar the animated? movie. Yeah. yeah. The blue head. Yeah. 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 And he like gets bored because he doesn't have opposition anymore. Because yeah. Metro is it Metro Man. Is that the good guys? I forget what the good guy's name is. But yeah. he like retires and then he's just like, God damn, this is boring now. Like, that's kind of <laughs> what it's like. It's like we just don't have any good bad guys so you know i don't know but it's all kind of depressing like that i mean i don't get me wrong like i am overall thoroughly entertained by the shit show that is earth you know but that's the one thing i have a complaint about it's like okay these villains are like nancy pelosi is the bad guy it's just like i don't know like give me somebody cooler so that's all i'm saying so if anyone's listening up there that's all i want but yeah it's like it's if like we had a villain that was what the media made trump out to be yeah it would be so much easier yes right yeah like yeah. that would it's be like, like super- the thing <laughs> it's, it's like supernatural season six through nine where you're just like where the fuck are we going with this like what are we what are we doing here i'm, I'm kind of confused yeah, yeah. I, I think the, the writers ran out of material and they're like waiting for the big ramp up again. And that's, you know, that's one of the things we kind of talked about it on our show is like, I feel like something's got to change. I've said it for the last year or so that shit just feels weird. Like it's kind of um, like everything feels thick. Like you're moving through like um, quicksand or something. You're moving through water, you know, like a large body of water. You're just slowly chugging by. And it just makes me feel like, we, and what we talked about on our show when you were on was like the swing back to the right. I just feel like it's going to hit hard. And and some people aren't don't don't agree with me. And I, I fucking understand. But I just think the swing back to the right is inevitable. And the pendulum has to come back to rest to the worst point at some point. And yeah. that might be when we get it. like the decent bad guy. Yeah. When it swings back to the right hard because he's yeah. probably going to be based whoever he is like yeah. he's going to be <laughs> awful and he's going to suck, but he's going to be based, you know, which is like kind of what you need in a bad leader. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like we're definitely going to end up in a concentration camp and be like, yeah, God damn, I hate this guy, but at least it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, like, I don't, I don't want to, I mean, probably bad timing, but like Putin, for example, like bad guy, clearly a bad guy, but he does like these, it, like, uh, like I knew when he met with the German chancellor, I forgot her name, like Merkel or something yeah, like that. Angela yeah, Merkel. And she's really afraid of dogs. So Putin brought his dogs when he met with her. Yeah. And yeah. there's like these big dogs going all around. And it's like, okay, that's kind of funny. That's kind of based. I like that. But we don't got that here. We got like these corporate, yeah, like, just... like chameleons that just changed wherever the tide goes and never has like... I don't know anything interesting to say ever. I mean, the problem is like, I mean, I agree, like on a strictly like principled standpoint, yeah, Putin is a bad guy. And so is like Assad or whatever, like on a strictly principled standpoint. But if you're like looking at it from a worldwide, like geopolitical, realistic standpoint, you're kind of like, I don't know. Like, are these guys the good guys? <laughs> you know, well, it's like, like compared, like compared to what, right? Like, he's the yeah. bad guy compared to who? Because yeah. everything that he, I mean, his like big entire rant at the beginning of this whole Ukraine thing, and when he called out the West and specifically yeah. the United States and uh, the United Nations. I mean, what did he say that wasn't truth? Exactly. Like, to be honest, like, <laughs> what did he say that wasn't wrong? And this is where I realized, like, oh, I'm gonna be in a fucking Joker mask in one of these Batman movies. <laughs> And being like, yeah, kill the Batman, kill the Batman. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's like what the Joker says in The Dark Knight Rises, or I think it's The Dark Knight Rises. No, The Dark Knight, whatever it is. Um, the one with the Heath Ledger in it, when he says, um, you know, like, as long as everything's going to plan, no one uh, going according to plan, no one cares. But then some, I forget the exact wording, but if something you know, strays from the narrative and everyone loses their mind or whatever. Like that's totally true. Like as long as, you know, we're supposed to be arming ISIS in Syria 
then that's fine. But as soon as they're the bad guys, like, oh my God, like, look what ISIS did or whatever. It's the worst thing in the world. It's just kind of interesting that that, I mean, that's so true. And I'm realizing with a lot of these Hollywood movies, like the bad guys do say a lot of things that make a little bit of sense. It's like, well, those are the really good movies, right? Like yeah. the really good ones is where the bad guy isn't quite as bad as everybody has made him out to be. Right. He's actually telling a little truth. And he's just, in your opinion, like in the movie's opinion or the good guy's opinion in the movie, it's like he's just going about it the wrong way. And it's yeah. it's kind of, it's, you know, sometimes that's how we also talk a lot about like, are the people that be, you know, in the United States, are they nefarious? Or are they um, believing that they're doing the right thing and not realizing, like they're basically stupid. They're thinking they're doing the right, they're naive. Mm -hmm. uh, they think they're doing the right thing, but it going the wrong way about it. And, you know, that's kind of the thing where I think like the majority of people, whether it's journalists or um, news anchors or uh, city mayors or House of Representative members or members of Congress or the judicial community on the su Supreme Court or any of these people that are in some position of power. I think generally they believe they're doing the right thing. I think right. for the most part the majority of them believe that they're doing the right thing. And then, then there's people above that or people that can play on that and can take advantage and be extremely nefarious and sway crowds to be exactly how they want to be. And I think that's like why we see ourselves in a lot of the positions that we do as the United States is because the nefarious actors. And that's, I mean, that's what it always is. Even in, in fucking movies, art mimics reality, right? or the opposite, whatever that saying is, it, it just kind of flows together because it's never that everybody's bad. It's always somebody's being taken advantage of by somebody that's extremely nefarious and it's getting laid at the feet of the person that thinks that they're doing the right thing. And then they get backstabbed in the end and, you know, fucking Superman laser blast half the city. Like, yeah. it, it's just one of those things where I think that's generally how we, how it is. And it's very difficult to stay level-headed and be like, you know, this person's not a Pete Buttigieg's not a bad guy. Probably in general, he thinks he's doing the right thing, but goddamn, he says the dumbest shit ever. That I'm like, I want to fucking hit you in the face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, uh, for me. so Luke, you, you made a tweet the other day that uh, <laughs> really ruffled some feathers, and I shared it on all my socials all over the place. Um, but. Uh, I'll just bring it up here. Uh, let's see. You said, if you really want to abort your child, just raise them for 18 years and then send them to the U.S. military. That's how the right has aborted their kids for years. <laughs> so I shared this around and I got some comments from people like, that's so ignorant. Like, you can't say that if you haven't served. And obviously they didn't know this was coming from you. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, just, I don't know. Uh Elaborate on your tweet a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was I was telling you before it was I was just literally about to go into this axe throwing tur or uh, tournament that I was doing, and just fucking around on my phone before I walked in, sent it out. I was like, "This is funny." First off, to me, it was hilarious, uh, and second, it it can ruffle both feathers, you know, the left and the right, and yeah. libertarian apparently because it, they want to fucking gaslight the fuck out of it and make it about something that it's not but uh yeah if you really want to abort your child just raise them for 18 years and then send them to the u.s military i was kind of like just the joke off of we send like the right sends an exorbitant amount more than the left to the u.s military to go die for things that are absolutely pointless have never created freedom in the united states or been in defense of freedom in the united states and then they get a nice little you know uh, plot of land in Arlington National Cemetery. Um, they get a you know folded flag and become a gold star family, and like that, it's the same thing. Like uh, though, and the reason why I brought it up was because the whole thing with Roe versus Wade going on right now. And I'm yeah. not really a big like picker on one side or the other of the pro choice, pro life. I'm always for it going back down, power going back down to states. Um, I think it's a weird time to do it. Uh, that they that it got leaked and how it got leaked and that the Supreme Court was even talking about it. I think it's honestly at this point, it's just my cynical mind. Um, but uh, I just I thought it was fucking hilarious. And people started 
quoting quote tweeting me about voting statistics and how the right doesn't want their uh doesn't want to be in war anymore and i was like well then stop sending your kids to the fucking you know military it's not doing anything for them except either extremely disabling them for the rest of their life um from either crippling anxiety or suicide or depression or literally taking limbs or their life so stop doing that and you're not aborting the kids like i i I had a tweet this was a while back and i basically said that the military was the conservatives version of welfare (laughs) and uh that pissed off a lot of people, but I actually like, <laughs> I, I fucking back that up, dude. Cause like we've been through the military and we know that a lot of times there's just a lot of times in the military that you're doing nothing. Like, I don't even know how, yeah. like, I don't even, I don't even know how else to explain it. Like there's just, you're just doing absolutely nothing for hours and hours and hours. And I mean, I'm getting paid and then for all it. <laughs> the benefits that you get, I mean, I don't know. I know tons of veterans that are on VA benefits for the rest of their life. And I know a significant amount of them that might have cheated, you know, cheated the system a little bit, but good for them. You know, get your peace, bro. But but they got they get like checks every month. Um, They have VA insurance, which is terrible, by the way. And so it's like, yeah, and in a sense, it is like welfare. Because a majority of people in the military actually don't deploy. They don't go overseas or go in any sort of combat situation. A lot of them stay home in the United States and play pretend for four years and then just get out and go to college or whatever. But that pissed off a lot of people. And that was a hilarious day. Actually, oh, sorry. One more bit. My that tweet actually made it on Facebook and on Facebook, uh, my buddy shared it and then under his in his comments my old first sergeant in my unit he commented on there is like i can't believe or what do you say exactly something about like i bet this man never served a day in his life and he would <laughs> thing about Holy the military shit. That's awesome. and i comment on there i was like you are my first sergeant <laughs> you literally njp'd me motherfucker <laughs> you know who i am but yeah. i mean it was my nickname and not my real name but still it was hilarious yeah i i've not been in the military but um i can relate a little bit with the 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 kind of just automatic respect you get for doing something when you yeah. aren't necessarily doing anything so my experience was repairing power lines so i i did power line work for like parts of six years uh probably four and a half years fully culminated just over a six year period. And I remember there was this one time we got sent down to Connecticut and I was down there for 10 days. And so I'm making a ton of money, ridiculous amount of money. Um, I'm getting paid double time to work and straight time to sleep. And we're working 16 hours and then going to bed for eight. And we're down there for like nine or 10 days or whatever. So I made like 10 grand in a week or whatever. And awesome. I set like five poles in that whole entire time. Cause I was in a pole <laughs> setting truck and I was mostly just sitting on the side of the road and I would drive by broken poles all over the place, but I wasn't allowed to just go proactively start setting poles. Like I had to follow the orders from Eversource, which is the utility that runs the area and they'd have to yeah. you know book us out to wherever but yeah i set like five poles over nine days and made like 10 grand and i remember we all went into this restaurant and we'd all been sitting in a parking lot all day doing absolutely nothing getting paid tons of money <laughs> and we go in and this this woman like came up to me and she wanted to buy me dinner and i'm like nope dinner's free i already get it for free <laughs> you know I'm like, you don't have to um and then she's like, well, let me like give you some money. I was like, nope, you really, really, really don't have to. And like, she was so insistent. And I was like, no, I'm not taking, <laughs> I'm sorry. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that you're appreciative, but trust me. Like, and I didn't want to say lady, I've been sitting in a fucking parking lot all day doing nothing, yeah. making FEMA money, you know, yeah. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I just told her like, no, thank you. I really appreciate it. But no, we're all set. That's uh, same idea. Like th- there's just like this yeah. feeling that, I mean, they don't know what you've been doing, but it's just like, oh, wow, you're right. a lineman. So, you know, you're restoring power like, to my community, you know, yeah, yeah, and, it's and really like, I, and you know, it's like, it's, you're appreciative because fuck, that's a good thing yeah. about people, right? That's a very exactly. good thing about people. They're like, I know this guy's doing what they think is very hard work. You know, they're trying to do something for my community after, you know, a, a natural disaster or whatever happened and they're, they're restoring 
power to the rest of the community or county or whatever it is. And they're like, I just want to show my appreciation. And it's like, yeah, but like for us, like while we were in, it was like, bro, I got drunk for a large majority <laughs> of the time yeah. I was in the military. Yeah. We were jumping off like a, a 200 or like a $20 million piece of gear. It's called the Hilo Dunker. It's this thing that simulates uh, helicopter crashes. We were jumping off of it at, you know, three o'clock in the morning, drunk as shit uh, <laughs> into the pool in Okinawa, Japan where it's the only helo dunker on the fucking island and Is this we're the just thing like that using... like flips upside down yeah so it's, yeah yeah it's like a helicopter yeah. crash in yeah. the water yeah and so like we use that as our own personal play thing it's like bro i don't i like as much as i love the free denny's breakfast on veterans day i don't we don't really like it's I don't need anything more than that. Like I don't, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I wanted the school thing and I did that for a year, for two years. And I was like, all right, I don't really want to do this anymore either. It's like, it's the benefit was, Hey, there's kind of a certain level of respect that people give you once you've joined the military. But even that for the most part, there was plenty of people that I knew that didn't even deserve that. Cause they wouldn't have gone into any kind of battle. Even if they were forced to, they would have bowed out malingered tried to get hurt and walked away but they get the same respect as somebody that has three combat tours for the most part and it's just one of those weird things and it's super nice that people are like that um yeah. i mean it's 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 a good part of what our society is that people can you know without even knowing who you are just knowing about what you do uh they're very appreciative but at the same time it's like you know some people take advantage of that shit <laughs> I do all the time, dude. They're like, thank you for the service. I'm like, yo, can you spot me a 20, dude? Guess the eye. Well, I gotta be honest. Like, I, this has been a, a transformation in the way I think, but I don't get upset at anybody for taking free money from the government, whether you're mm -mm. an immigrant, a corporation, a veteran. Like, that's completely the wrong side of the aisle to be hating on. Like, if I, yeah were you know a shareholder in a corporation you're damn right i would take bailouts from the u.s government yeah. like yeah. or if i were an immigrant coming here illegally and if i had a kid here then i suddenly get some sort of benefits like fuck yeah i would do that so but and, and this kind of concerns me with a lot of libertarians they start hating on the wrong side yes it's like look that's not their fault you would do the same fucking thing in their position yeah. so it's the government's fault for fucking giving it to them. So I don't know. Absolutely. That was, that was our, I think that was our evolution for a while there too. Like I was like, I'm not taking shit from the government. I got out and I was like, I'm not taking shit. I don't want anything from them. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That was just my mentality. But then it was like, like, I think it was after, um, probably after the first couple months of COVID and yeah, I saw libertarians. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw libertarians getting mad at people for like using the money like taking the the basically the bailout for um everyday citizens yeah the stimulus checks they were getting mad at libertarians going on unemployment and taking stimulus checks and i was like are you fucking kidding me like <laughs> no eat that shit up like take yeah. as much as you want buy a fucking gun with it buy bitcoin with it do whatever you got to do take off three months from work and use unemployment if you can like fuck it who cares mm -hmm. yeah no that yeah. was where it that's when I went through the transformation too. Is like at the beginning of COVID, I was so mad that they were sending checks to people and that people were taking them. And then I realized, like, no, you can't be upset for people for taking them. You just got to be upset that they're sending them in the first place. Like, yeah. that's the whole problem. Um, and I think it was, I was actually listening to an episode of the Peter Schiff show, and he was saying that he had tried to ap apply for PPP loans, but <laughs> he couldn't get them for Euro Pacific Capital or whatever. And at first, uh, my intonation was to, my 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 intuition was to be like, "Wait, why are you doing that? That's wrong." And then I was, then he explained like, "I'm not for this, but I'm going to take advantage of it if it exists." And I was like, "Yeah, of course," and like everyone's going to do that. So the the anger's just misplaced. Yeah, dude the well i mean we we actually talked about this because like you know we get out of the marine corps and then you get the gi bill right mm -hmm. and then there was some people that was like oh why are you using the gi bill because it's you know more government money and it's going to the worst place ever which is the universities so i kind of it's like a double whammy it's just worse but i always told people i was like dude who cares like they ripped they're gonna rip you off for the rest of your life you get as much from them as you possibly can if they're gonna hand out you something or pay for something of yours you take full advantage of it because yeah. they're 
I mean, they're fucking spending your grandkids' money right now. So get as much back as you can, for the love of God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I want to go back to uh, January 6th, because we were talking about that a little bit with, uh, you know, how they're kind of weaponizing hatred of the right with the military and everything. I don't know about you guys, but with this whole SCOTUS leak and how, I don't know if you saw Elizabeth Warren saying, like, we are going to fight and I'm going to, you know, like, whatever, yeah. like. I want a liberal January 6th, you know, in June or whatever. Like, I so want it. Like, instead of a Q shaman and a buffalo headdress, it's going to be like a furry and a rainbow suit. And then, like, a bunch of people with, like, dildos instead of yeah. Trump hats or whatever. Like, I, I want it so bad. So, uh, any thoughts? Well, I think the left knows how to peacefully protest a lot better than the right does. They well, most, are just, mostly peaceful. Oh, right? mostly yeah. peaceful protesting. <laughs> I, and I'm kind of serious. And I think it kind of shows because like they're, at least in my opinion, like the elites in charge are a lot more afraid of the left than they are the right. And I think there's a very good reason why they're a lot more afraid of the left than the right. And yeah, I don't know. I kind of thought that I still thought I thought there would be even more outrage like this abortion thing, because when I was in Jesus Christ, dude, when I was at the university, like this was the thing that would get under every liberal woman's skin was you mm -hmm. talk about abortion at the university, dude. It was insane. So I actually thought like once this came out, I mean, there kind of was in L.A. There was kind of like a mini riot, mini scuffle, whatever that was. But I thought there it was going to be like the Trump walkout all over again. I thought, I thought this was going to be something big. I mean, they're, and they're already putting up fences and shit around the uh, Supreme court Supreme building court. in DC. They did it that night. Yeah. I mean, they, they know better now, but I don't know. I don't know <laughs> if there, it don't be as bad or even thing close to January 6th. And if there was, honestly, I don't know if they'll, play it up as something like that they'll probably just be yeah. like oh it's not that bad and they're like building like capital buildings on fire behind them and it's like <laughs> well it's mostly peaceful <laughs> well, yeah, yeah you remember I, I, or go ahead luke i was just gonna say i think he's right like they are definitely scared of one more than the other and it's like look at what the left got after the whole summer of just fucking going ham like they didn't get everything that they wanted but they certainly got a lot more than the january 6 protesters did so it's like <laughs> Uh, you know, they didn't get labeled as terrorists. They got to loot any store that they wanted to. Um, they had, you know, uh, some types of legislation go through uh, defunding certain police departments and then end up refunding most of those police departments. But on, on the virtue signal, they at least defunded them for a little bit. And then yeah. on top of that, the January 6th rioters or rioters just got labeled as terrorists and are going to go to prison for um you know terrorizing or i don't even know what half of them have been charged with but it's been you know they're going to get charged and put on a fucking watch list for the rest of their lives and can't fly anymore yeah yeah i mean they literally did do a january 6th before the right did they do you guys remember it was at the white house they like stormed the White House lawn and Trump like was taken to the bunker and all the yeah. headlines were like making fun of Trump, calling him bunker boy for hiding from yeah. the protests. <laughs> you know, it's yeah, like, that's when he, so that's when he went and stood outside the church, wasn't it? When he went out, dude, stood oh, outside the church. See, that, that was like a based bad guy, like gas, the protesters for a photo <laughs> on the floor of the church. Like that was incredible. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> like, uh, I mean. like, like that was, like you're so right, the left overblew everything about Trump, but that was one of those moments where it was like, holy shit, I can't believe we just did that. That's so awesome. Like <laughs> Dude, and then the national media like covered for it for like that day, and then that yeah. night they they were like, Oh, he gassed him before. But they didn't show that shit until after he had already done everything, and it was just and he was already in the bunker. It's so wild. Even CNN, like all those other stations, they were like, Yeah, we'll let him get away with it. And then we can go after him later tonight and call him Bunker Boy. And it was like, well, you had cameras on it 24-7 the entire time. Why didn't you show this footage when it was happening? The wildest shit ever. But, yeah, they actually did. They had a January 6th before January 6th even happened. Yeah. And, like, half of Washington, D.C. was on fire that night, if I remember correctly. Like, I remember seeing this aerial shot of the mall area. And there's, like, fires all over the place. But... Yeah. You know, that wasn't an insurrection, but the, you know, doing the guided tour through the Capitol was it's just like, yeah. yeah, it's so blatantly hypocritical. 
Yeah, dude. Well, I'll, I just want to, I don't know if I ever told you this, but when I was in the Marine Corps, this is just about Trump's rhetoric and you, him being based a little bit, but it was not based when I was my last year in the Marine Corps <laughs> and he's on Twitter talking shit to Kim Jong-un about oh, yeah, like <laughs> firing nuke, dude. Dude, this was scary as shit when I was in the Marine Corps because my commanding general came to our unit and was like, boys, we're probably going to war with North Korea. And I'm like, oh, my God, dude. I'm like six months away from getting out. And and then the next day I'm at like the officer. I was at this like the meeting with like the officers and I could hear them talking. I was like, well, if there's war with North Korea, we're like, obviously there's going to be a draft, right? And I was like, if there's a draft, there's no way I'm getting the fuck out, dude. I'm, <laughs> gonna, I'm going to war. So I'm like, the first year of Trump, I was like, please calm the fuck down, dude. Please just calm <laughs> down, man. Because <laughs> I was yeah. not one to get like, what's it called? Uh, stop, stop. Stop lost. lost. Yeah, yeah, dude. I was the same, the same thing for me. Like I saw that shit going down and I was like talking to my mom one day and I was like, hey. Oh, because right after, right when all that was going down, he had uh, put out a bill that was signed and like, it was now whatever their executive, it was like one of his executive orders. And it was basically that they could keep pilots uh, because the military was losing a shit ton of pilots. They were just, they get out and go to some private company, you know, Um, Boeing, Southwest, like any of those, they'll just go and be a pilot for one of those bigger companies. And so they were losing too many pilots. So he put in that he could extend their contracts whenever like he wanted for as long as he wanted, basically. And I was like, that's fucked up. And all the military's like, yeah, but it's just the pilots. But if you read the executive order, I can't even remember the executive order now. I should probably go and find it. But if you read the executive order, it wasn't just for pilots. They could do it to anybody. So I was like, my ass is going to get fucking or that they could call them back whenever they wanted. That's what it was. Not that they could extend the contract. They could call them back. Usually it's your four years active, four years reserve, or a total of eight years, type out a five-year active contract and a three-year reserve contract. So I was like middle of the year of my second year. So I was a year and a half into my reserve contract where they could still call me back. And I was like, I was talking to my mom and I was just like, yeah. And if he does that, I just want you to know I'm going to Mexico. I'll call you whenever I get to wherever <laughs> I'm going. Like I'm not, I'm going to South America. Like I'm not going back into the military. There's nothing. And she's like, are you serious? And she, I, my parents are left leaning liberals. Like they're, yeah. they're a lesbian couple. So like <laughs> they, they do not conscribe or subscribe to the right way of, or the right leaning way of politics so i was like hell yeah i'm getting the fuck out of here and they're just like i don't know if that's the right decision and i was like no i'm going to fucking south america bro i'm not fucking going to fight north korea like hell no dude when all this shit started popping off with ukraine a month or two ago um it was simultaneous with all the trucker shit going on up in canada and i was remembering like in the vietnam war days that's where you would escape to you'd escape to canada and I was like, fuck, I can't escape to Canada right now. Like, it's fucking worse up there than fighting in Ukraine, probably. So I was like, shit, I'll have to go the other way, go to Mexico or something. Um, but with Trump and Kim Jong-un, that was actually kind of my red pill moment. Um, and, and Drew Hancock just put out a great video about red pilling versus blue pilling because it's so misused. Like, red, I mean, you can have the correct views and still be blue pilled. And you could have the wrong views and be red pilled. Like I'd say Abby Martin is red pilled, but I think she's way off on a bunch of stuff like economics and whatever. But um, I was still pretty blue pilled. Like I didn't necessarily think the media was evil. I just thought they were wrong about a lot of stuff. But with Trump, like and, and Kim, I, I I was like, holy shit, what is going to happen here? Like I didn't think we were actually going to go to war, but I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. This is nuts. And then like a week later suddenly he's in North Korea with Kim and like sort of trying to establish a peace deal with South Korea. And I was just like, Holy shit. Like that is incredible that this happened. And then the media response was like, Oh my God, did you see Trump with Kim Jong-un? He's a traitor. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is the best case scenario pretty much. Like, don't you remember a week ago when Hawaii, like, you know, got that false alarm and everyone was hiding in their fucking sewers and shit. Like we've kind of upgraded from that, but everyone was the, and and even some right wing media too, but like left and right wing media demonizing him for how he talked to Kim Jong-un or whatever. 
that was kind of when I started waking up and realizing, oh, this is like, you know, an intentional narrative to, you know, um, to bring about a certain point of view and push people into thinking a certain way. It's not just that they're dumb, but uh, when did you guys start realizing that? Was it in the military or after you got out or when did you realize that they actually are evil, not just stupid? Um, pro- well, probably during the Trump, like Trump is what, like, I think Trump like red pilled a fuck ton of people, like not yeah. necessarily because of him, but because of how the media treated him. Yeah. And I, that's how I kind of woke up. Cause like when I, cause I come from like my family, most of my family is like pretty big Trump supporters. They're conservative side, whatever. But I was at the university and the university during Trump's first year, which was crazy. And the way they they like believed everything like they would believe he was literally a Nazi. And like mm-hmm. it was so blown out of proportion. That I was like, oh, my God. And they would demonize like people like my family because they were Trump supporters and stuff like that. And I, that was like honestly one of the most like red peeling for me was just seeing how because people would be like like it was so funny. Because when I was in college, and I didn't think about this until later because I wasn't completely red-pilled yet, but my, this girl in my class was like, she had to get sources from a, a not her typical news topic. And she said she had to use Fox News, and that disgusted her, how she had to go to Fox News to get a source. and But her usual source was CNN. And I was just like, and I was just so blown away that like, like what is really, I mean, don't get me wrong. Obviously Fox caters to the right and CNN definitely caters to the left, but like they're both corporate news media companies. Like they're really not that big different on like the big picture. Like, 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 what are you even talking about? Like, like, I don't know that just stuff like that, little things like that. And I I just started a, and then the whole like weapons of mass destruction was like a really big thing to me when Trump yeah. said that to Jeb Bush as well. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was like when I was getting, or while I was in the Marine Corps, I just thought, wow, everybody is just stupid. Like I was, that's how I thought I was like, these people are just dumb. Like there's no way that you could, you can't hit this many like things in a row without being stupid. Like they hit every pothole they could, you know, that's how it felt. And then I think it was kind of the, Trump running and then going back and looking at, you know, how, when Bush was getting elected, I, I looked a lot about, I looked a lot up about when Bush was getting elected. Cause I was younger. I'm 28 now. So I was younger and mm-hmm. didn't really understand it and uh, how it went from Bill Clinton to Bush and how Bush was so bad when I kind of remembered like everybody wanted Bush, like, Fuck, I feel like everybody wanted Bush over Gore, wasn't it? Yeah, Gore in the first election. Like, everybody wanted Bush over Gore. And so I was, like, super confused as an adult. Like, why did that happen? And then you go back and look and see that he was running on, you know, a non-interventionist policy and things like that. And then got us into some of the worst wars ever. And then you saw some of the people in his cabinet and how they were some of the people in the cabinet before. And I was like... Oh, man. And then you saw after it that they were some of the same people in Obama's cabinet. And then when Obama left, they were some of the same people in Trump's cabinet. And I was just like, oh, fuck, like this is this is really bad. And that's kind of where I I started to red pill myself. And I mean, the Trump going and talking to the Ukraine and watching people lose their fucking minds about him meeting with Kim Jong Un and being in the demilitarized zone and all this stuff and how much they demonized it i was like how can you not see that this is only a net good like there's mm-hmm. there's almost nothing that him just going there and talking to him there's almost nothing that it could be negative about it especially because he was going there peacefully if he went there to talk with them about like hey surrender now like i can understand but he went there and they were talking and walking and they don't fucking understand each other but uh, still it just i just could not understand how they could demonize that action because there was nothing about it that was overtly aggressive or um you know nefarious in the sense of it wouldn't benefit north korean society or the united states society and i think we lost that connection because of how they demonized trump for it i think it was fucking done after that yeah yeah the what they did to tulsi gabbard is what like completely (laughs) red-pilled me like that trump was kind of the primer 
And then, well, I mean, because like with Ron Paul, they didn't really demonize him. You know, they they just yeah. made him look like an idiot is what they tried to do. Yeah, they, or they, they ignored him. At him. Yeah, but yeah, with Trump, like he was Hitler and then Tulsi was like, you know, Hitler, Satan or whatever. And like, <laughs> I just was like, wow. And now uh, what they're doing to Trump supporters because of January 6th and, you know, the way they treat Tucker Carlson or whatever, it's just like, if anyone doesn't see it at this point, they're just... Yeah, I just... I just found a pattern that pretty much whoever the media said they hated when I went and listened to them, I not, not necessarily that I agreed with that person, but I yeah. thought them, I found them very interesting. Yeah. And there was just this pattern of all these people that they demonize so many times and you go listen to them. And you're like, I mean, yeah, Alex Jones is like out there, but you know, he says some thumb things that's like, well, you can't deny that, that, that didn't happen or that's not yeah. wrong. Exactly. Like there's just a bunch of different things like that. And you kind of, kind of like this, I think that's, like I wouldn't really say for me there was this big red pilling moment. It's just like this all this stuff build up where it's just like, okay, they it's they're either nefarious or they're wrong all the time. Either way, why would I go to them? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's like a mix of evil and stupid. I, I don't think it's exclusively one or the other, but it's a sliding scale. And sometimes I'm amazed how evil they are, and sometimes I'm amazed how stupid they are. It's just like yeah. it's incredible, but uh, last thing I wanted to ask you guys is, uh, as veterans, like, how do you thread the needle of demonizing the military versus the foreign policy versus the soldiers? Because I've seen people who come out of the military who are anti-war, they go a bunch of different ways. Like, Tulsi Gabbard is still very pro-military, very patriotic, very pro-soldier, but she just criticizes the politicians. And then you got people like Adam Gokesh who are like, fuck everybody who joined the military. Like they're just <laughs> retards or, whatever. you know, like he's so like, where do you guys fall? How do you, what, what do you think is the most effective way to message to people who have been in the military and then people who don't know, like what's the best way to get the message across without turning them off? Um, well, listening to our show is the best way to turn your <laughs> friends. To... There you go. <laughs> uh, no, uh, that's kind of, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we started it was when we first came out, it was came out. really weird. <laughs> yeah, we first came out of the closet. It was really weird. It's the same thing. Coming out as libertarian is almost, if not worse, as coming out as gay in this society. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, when we were, when we first got into some of the libertarian politics and some of the threads and Facebook groups and all those things, people were very against us. They were like, how can you, you don't, you don't even know what libertarianism is. And you know, the anarcho cap anarcho capitalists are all like, you guys are fucking baby killers. And it's like, bro, I got drunk on a military base for four years. Like I didn't do shit. Yeah. Um, and so it was just like, damn dude, like what the fuck is this? Like I didn't do anything to y'all. I, yeah, I took government money, but I bet so of all of you at some point in your life and yeah. I didn't fucking know any better. And so we kind of wanted to bring that where it's like kind of how we focus it on is like, yo, the politicians, I think we've kind of gotten smaller where one person will focus on the politicians and the one person will say the whole thing is bad. I kind of go to the, the politicians are horrible. Your senior leadership is garbage all the way down to probably like your company commanders and things like that. They're not at some point, they're not good anymore, especially if they've been in a war zone. Like, I just don't see that there's not a lot of good that they could have done. And there was a lot of good that they were in positions to do and didn't. And so that's kind of where I would argue from. Um, that's kind of where our show goes to a lot of times. It's like, fuck the officers, fuck the staff NCOs. There's a couple good ones out there, but they don't make up for the lack of the many. And that's kind of where I go with cops too. Um, but it's yeah. just kind of one of those things where it's, I, there's no point in being like that Lance corporal's a fucking idiot. And how dare you be in the military and you should be smited on the spot because it's kind of hypocritical for me to say that because I was that too. And most of these people are swindled at 18 years old, 17, 18 years old to join this fucking mega conglomerate corporate fucking military. Yeah. And they don't know any better and they're just doing what they honestly, what they think is right. They're stupid. They're doing what they think is right. And that's the only way to, you got to come at it from a different angle. And that's kind of what we do. I don't know. I think typo probably has a similar viewpoint. Yeah. I always just go with like, 
everyone in the military has something to complain about. Like there's always something in the military that was dumb, that was stupid. It was completely a waste of money, a waste of your time, a waste of your resources. And everyone knows this because everyone bitched about it in the moment when it was happening. Like this is just common stuff that happened when you're in the military. And we always just remind it. It's like, like remind people that like, you know, it's all stupid and whatnot. And even in the, the Marine Corps, at least for us, the, they even recognized it where it's like, this is bureaucrat bullshit. And they, you know, their mentality was kind of like the military should just be in charge of war. We don't need these bureaucrat people. But at the same time, it's like that type of like that mentality where it's like this is all messed up because of the bureaucrats is what I always try to like tell people in the military. Because generally speaking, most people don't join. They join like they joined on the auspices that they're going to be protecting people or serving their country or doing something that's right or going to fight some hypothetical bad guy whoever it is so they don't and then going through it it becomes a different reality like that was presented to you when you first joined and honestly a lot of people already kind of have that mentality about the military like now there is some that are like proud loud and proud about it but from my experience especially like the terror war veterans they are not very happy and they're already leaning one way that they're kind of spiteful or regretful or um upset with how the military is going or what they did and they're already kind of already there so a lot of times it's easy to pull that out of people i mean they not necessarily will go as extreme as us but they will definitely come around to the idea that you know like maybe we shouldn't have been in afghanistan or maybe we shouldn't have been in iraq and it's pretty easy honestly just talking to vets especially one-on-one -on -one. but in a general way to get people's attention is me and luke do it all the time we still make jokes about like the military and marine corps culture and that's all that's always something that brings marines in even if they don't agree with us like everyone loves making fun about these inside jokes in the marine corps if you were in the marine corps or in the military or dark humor they fucking love it they'll eat it up yeah. dark humor even dude the military guys on 9 11 jokes it's a fucking daily occurrence so <laughs> like even if they served because somebody they knew died in it or something like that they, you'll get yeah. a laugh out of a large majority of them because i mean in the military that's kind of what we really brought to the show is like the dark humor side of um what the libertarians believe and things like that like we love that shit i love dark humor yeah. it's the best type of humor well and people they, who get they that shit up people who get offended by dark humor have never been through anything tough Absolutely. because i haven't been in combat or anything like that but you know i've worked like a 29 hour day straight through in the rain you know repairing power lines or whatever and you're just fucking tired and you hate your life and the only thing that keeps you going is like really fucked up humor like yeah. way more fucked up than anything i'd ever say online because i would get thrown yeah. in prison. i'd probably get thrown yeah. in prison if i said yes. it online but like the people like people who get angry at stand-up comedians for saying shit like stand-up comedians like the worst joke they've ever told pales in comparison to a job to site or a break room or you yeah. know, I'm sure in the middle of the jokes that they tell them to their, their friends inside the back room. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, that's just a, it's like a coping mechanism to get through tough shit. So if people get upset about some joke I make, I just assume I might be incorrect, but I just assume they've never actually done anything hard in their whole lives because that's how everybody I know kind of gets through those moments, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They've never been honest, in a dark place before. Yeah. yeah honestly, the same thing. I mean, on. You, you said it like like blue collar jobs and like the military, like the humor and the type of like kind of the general mentality. It's like a bunch of guys, basically just yeah. masculine dudes that work hard. And that's that is what the humor is. And that was exactly how it was when I was in the Marine Corps. And then when me and Luke did this demolition job for a while, it was the same type of and we did uh, armed security for a while. That was pretty much the same thing like dude when, I don't we know. Did when we did demo there was a guy that was clearly a meth head and we made fun of him for being a meth head and he'd laugh like it was yeah like it was like yeah it was a meth head like what <laughs> it's just like one of those and he wasn't anymore but it was like you know just one of those things and it's you can't make you make a joke next to you know a white or, or just a white lady in general and uh and talk about you know somebody being a meth head and she's like my brother's a meth head it's not funny to make oh, jokes yeah. about him and it's like well, I'm sorry that he has no teeth anymore. Like, I don't know, like, you know, something stupid and offhand. Yeah. And then they're like, 
calling up their local police office to arrest Dude, you. Liberal and white women are the most like secondhand outraged people on earth. Like, yeah, you can, I mean, I've been on a job site with Mexicans, people from like Somalia and the yeah. Congo and Burma and like Eastern Europe. And like, you know, we're all together and, and God, that's like where I've heard the worst fucking most racist jokes ever amongst this yeah. group of really mixed people. And I remember I went home uh, to, I, I, so that was in Colorado. I was working on a roof, uh, doing roofing jobs and, you know, with all these different people from all these different countries. And I went back to New Hampshire for Christmas and I was, I didn't, I mean, I wasn't getting too explicit, but I told like some of what the jokes were like to my family yeah. and my older liberal sister was just so outraged for them. I'm like, <laughs> you're 2000 miles away from them and you've never met them and you don't know what their lives are like. And they, they're the ones telling these fucking jokes and you're outraged yeah. about <laughs> it over here. It's just, it's so stupid. But. Yeah, it's the it's the craziest thing ever. And uh, yeah, dude, like the humor is it's one of the most healing, like fucking things ever. Laughter, it creates a whole different atmosphere in any situation you're in. I mean, some of the funniest jokes I've I've told or like told with buddies or anything have been in some of the darkest spots of people's lives, like oh, yeah. or in my life. And, you know, it just makes it that much brighter when it gets told and you get that laughter out of somebody that just had a family member that just passed away and they're, yeah. you know, all the way across the globe in Okinawa, Japan, and they're not going to be able to go to the funeral. And it was their father or their mother or their brother or something like that. And you're like, at least you don't have to hear them screaming about your Xbox controller for the rest of your life or yeah, something yeah. like that. And it gets a little, it's like a chuckle. It doesn't always have to be like a belly full of laughter, but it gets something out of them that it's like, yeah, that, thanks for making me laugh. Like, you know, thanks for making me at least have something to, you know, start the healing process with. And it's, and that's all it is. And, you know, yeah. fucking dark humor is always going to be there. And fuck, the more people you throw in a prison, the more people that are going to have human humor like me. So let's get it on. Let's go. <laughs> well, if you guys enjoyed watching this episode, definitely go check these guys out. Their podcast is hilarious. They've had me on. They've had lots of different people on. So Go check them out. I've got their website linked in the description and their Twitter page. Uh, you guys got anything special coming up or anywhere else you want people to keep in touch with what you're doing or anything else you want to say? Our Instagram is pretty popping. Uh, we got nuke once, so we're rebuilding that. I think it's, what is it now? It's Biting the Bullet uh, Podcast. Yeah, Biting the Bullet Podcast. Yeah, so that one's it's pretty funny. We put some pretty fire memes up there um that's what our a lot of our that's like our favorite shit is the memes the meme game is our game we love memes uh and we and we steal them more than sal the agorist so <laughs> that's the only thing i'd push people to all right yeah. sweet well thanks for coming on guys it was fun we'll have to do it again i like your style so uh keep up the good work absolutely man yeah, thanks, thanks for having, for having us, on. us on man yeah no problem